we get to what happened, what didn't happen at the trading deadline, let's just take a moment to celebrate Anthony Edwards. He'd been dealing with uh, uh, some knee soreness, and he just has a spectacular game on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, puts the Wolves, you know, in a position where they're still in, where they have a chance to chase that sixth seed. Let's get into Anthony, what this team is doing, why the defense has slipped what level of optimism we should have about the Minnesota Timberwolves here on the John Krasinski show. John Krasinski show is part of the talknorth.com podcast network. We recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can always go to talknorth.com to find the shows and the archives. And you can also follow us on Twitter at talknorthpod to see our live show dates and to see the shows as they are released. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And let's just start there, John. Anthony Edwards uh, kind of and I'm not somebody who uses the word delightful very often, but it was kind of a delightful Anthony Edwards performance. It, it, it was. It was. I'll, I'll even go further. It was essential. Um, essential, yeah. Know, they, they were not playing well. Um, you know, it, Carl Anthony Towns in foul trouble. Um, the rest of their guys were just kind of, it seemed like a little sleepy on a Sunday afternoon. And the Pacers were kind of the team bringing the energy. And, this was, and I tweeted this after the game, but this was a performance from Anthony Edwards. This was a, we're not losing this game game from Anthony Edwards. Like you could tell that he just said in the second half, enough of this. Like I am not going to allow us to lose to a team that is not very good. They have gotten better since they made the trade and gotten a little bump from, you know, Halliburton and that, but they should not, you know, they should not have been beating the Timberwolves. And so he grabbed the game by the throat and he scored, he hit threes, he blocked shots, he had four steals, 37 points, five rebounds, four assists, the big, a big block uh, down the stretch in the fourth quarter to save a bucket. Um, and, you know, he hit seven threes, Jim, but he also was very active in attacking the rim. He wasn't settling. He wasn't doing any of that. He was, he was just overpowering a less talented team. And so, you know, you look at a player like this and like, this is you know what the Timberwolves have been waiting for. You know, Towns is like, they're by far their best player, their most talented player, but because he's a big, it's a little bit harder for him to just sort of take over a game with Anthony Edwards being a wing, like he is, they can put the ball in his hands. He can create his own shot. He can do things that just no one else on this roster can do. And it's it, it's it's a breathtaking thing when he has it rolling. And and so now he's got you know, he was struggling earlier in the month with knee issues. And you could see it. He just didn't have the same lift. He was he was not where uh where you expected him to be. And you're like, what's wrong with Anthony Edwards? He's saying his knee hurts, his knee hurts. I don't know what happened to get it to where it is now. But he says he feels great. He's been, I think he's been doing his treatment. And now he's got that explosion again in him in 68 points in the last two games. Uh, and he's attacking and he's and he's dynamic. And he's just a load to uh, to deal with when he has it going like that. And, oh, by the way, Jim, he has found this little second wind just as we are getting ready for a Tuesday night game between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Charlotte Hornets with LaMelo Ball. So hmm. um, I cannot wait for Tuesday night. It's going to be so much fun. 
Oh, that's great stuff. Great stuff. And it's just nice to see Edwards spry. You know, it's nice to see mm-hmm. him healthy because he is just so much fun. Uh, let's get into some other issues with this team. The defense has slipped. Now, they've been, they've yeah. been able to win games against some bad teams, but it does feel like the defense has slipped. Uh, what do you think the root cause of that is and how concerned should people be about that? Yeah, I, I, I do think it's a concern. Absolutely. Um, if you look at some of the totals they're given up over the last 10 games, 124, 134, 132, 134, 120, like they're getting shelled um, from an from a defensive standpoint. And, and I think that it would be natural, it is natural to expect the defense to take a little slip as the offense has exploded. Really, I think they're number two or three in the league in offensive efficiency since January 3rd. So um, they are be, they are very explosive. They're scoring a ton of points, but I think that has kind of taken some of the teeth out of their defense. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt's not playing as well defensively. D'Angelo Russell's not playing as well defensively. They're not as locked in as they were. It is also a defense, Jim, that really requires maximum effort, chasing, rotating, um, you know, covering for each other, um, you know, sticking, sticking with the game plan and, and outworking the opponent. And so I do think that this team is tired right now. There's two more games before the all-star break. And I think they're in the dog days and they just can't summon that same juice and that same energy on the defensive end when they are devoting so much of that energy to the offense. So it has slipped badly. They got to find a way, you know, I think they're 24th or 25th in defensive efficiency, um, they have to, uh, over, over this last stretch of games, but they have to find a way to get that into like 15, 16, 17, um, to kind of really stabilize things. And maybe the break will do that and let them recharge and get their legs back and, and things like that. But it looks like a tired team that just cannot get up for running around screens, for scrambling, for, for, for doing all the things that is required of this defense. And that made it so good early in the season. And that's why I found it interesting that Finch went with a fairly tight rotation on Sunday afternoon. It worked out, but did you get a a reason for only playing, I think, nine players and really only eight people playing significant minutes? Yeah, I I didn't get a reason for why Torian Prince did not play. And I know that he's been dealing with some injuries um, lately, uh, so I don't know if that was the case. But um, to not have him in the lineup was was notable. and so I just um, I, I think that what Chris Finch understood in that game was this was one that they could not afford to lose. They had already you know dropped one in Sacramento earlier on the road trip that they that they really didn't they they really shouldn't have. So Anthony Edwards plays thirty eight minutes. D'Angelo Russell plays thirty five and a half, which is a lot for him. Uh, Towns was limited twenty two minutes only because of foul trouble, but. Um, he, Finch rode his guys because he needed to get that win. And, and so he will do that um, at times. He, you know, he's not a, a real fan of like load management. He's not a real fan of, of minutes limits and things like that. He's said time and time again that, you know, Hey, when you win games, it's because your best players play a lot and play well. And he had his, one of his best players and Edwards playing really well so even though he had been dealing with a knee issue, he said, hey, kid, you're playing almost 39 minutes because we need you. And so that's just how important these games are down the stretch now. 
By the way, this random thought, we'll get back to Timberwolves news and the trades and everything here, but we're talking about playing bad teams and defense and everything else. Is Dwayne Casey going to survive in Detroit? I think he is, Jim, just because um, everyone knows what it is there right now. Like it's, it, it's, um, it's all about development. It's not about winning games. And uh, some of their young players are really getting better uh, as the years goes along. Cade Cunningham is really coming into his own. Sadiq Bey, uh, Isaiah Stewart, like those guys are showing tangible signs of of improvement game over game, week over week, month over month. And I think that's just what, you know, uh, what they want at this stage of of their sort of franchise uh, era. And, like, I would love to see Dwayne Casey coaching a team with a lot of veterans that has a chance to win games um, and, and, and go deep into the playoffs like he was doing in Toronto. Uh, but that's not where it is right now. And I think that Troy Weaver, the GM there, and, and Casey have a pretty strong relationship. So – Hopefully, uh, hopefully he keeps getting the benefit of the doubt and, and keeps getting valued for everything that he's bringing to the table there beyond just the wins and losses. Yeah, uh, we're, we're both very high on Dwayne Casey as a guy and as a coach, and I hope he gets a chance to see the other side of all that's happening there right now. Uh, Want to let you know about some new shows. We have added Mike Grimm's Go Gopher podcast to our lineup. Uh, great get for us. Mike, of course, gives the inside scoop on all things Gophers. We've also added On the Bench. Uh, Canadian hockey humor duo, uh, very popular in Canada. We're really lucky to have them on the network as well to go along with people like Russo, LaPanta, Smalley, Neil, Diamond, Krasinski, Malay, et cetera, et cetera, plus great outdoor content, uh, The Flush, Destination Polaris, uh, The Reverend Hunter, tons of good outdoor content as well at TalkNorth.com. Thanks, y'all, for listening, and thanks to our sponsors. Let's start today with Head Flyer Brewing. That's right, Jim. So uh, my my wife Gretchen and I stopped in at Head Flyer Brewing on Saturday night. Uh, had a little impromptu uh, date night. Had some. We brought some burgers from a local place uh, to eat there, and then had some great beer. Had some wicked jump shot. Some. It was all a dream IPA. It's uh, it's just a great place to go and hang out, watch a game, bring your dog, be with uh, be with your friends. Great beer selection, great swag. And they have recently launched their Insider Rewards program. Headflyer Insiders get free stuff just for drinking beer, free pints, free crawlers, free merch. You can save your points and spend them however you like. You can earn points today on Wicked Jump Shot Pint or take it home in a crawler or a growler. So stop into Headflyer. It's right off of uh, 35W on Northeast Hennepin Avenue in Northeast Minneapolis. Get your uh, Get started with the Insider Rewards program. Start earning your points just for drinking great beer. I mean, I, I don't see how you can beat that. Headfire Brewing, you can go online, headflyerbrewing.com. You can also see them uh, on social media at Headflyer Brew, Headfire Brewing uh, on Twitter. So check it out. Let's also thank TSR Injury Law 612 TSR Time. We hope to have Steve Terry out to one of our next live shows at Tuttle's. We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR Injury Law help me if I'm hurt at work? Yeah. How about if I was hit by a truck? Yes. It's simple. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. Thank you also to Memorial Blood Center doing such important work. If you're listening to this show, there's something I already know about you. You're a generous person and you care about your community. Our local Memorial Blood Centers is looking for generous blood donors to step up and help patients in our nearby hospitals. There's no synthetic substitute for blood. 
It takes a human being, and only eligible donors can help meet the need. Plus, it takes less than an hour from start to finish, a small price to pay when your blood can literally help save a life. Visit mbc.org to learn more or call 1-888-448-3253. John, because of time, we haven't talked about the the trade deadline uh, and the (laughs) NBA went, as the Wolves did nothing, the rest of the NBA went bonkers. Uh, Just give me your takeaways. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I'm I'm so glad actually that the Harden Simmons thing got done, just so we yeah. don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, yes, you know, I, I'm just I'm I'm sick of it. So uh, I think that the Brooklyn Nets got an unbelievable return for uh, Ben Simmons in terms of getting, uh, or excuse me, for James Harden, and they get Simmons, they get Steph, Seth Curry, they get um, some draft picks, um, Andre Drummond as well. So. Uh, I thought that they did really well. And look, I'll give it to Daryl Morey, too. Uh, he waited it out. He was willing to kind of deal with the pressure and and handle things um, the way uh, that he needed to. And he ended up getting James Harden. He did not have to settle for something less than the way that Tom Thibodeau did with Jimmy Butler. And you you see how an experienced general manager handles a situation like that versus an inexperienced one. And, you know, in some ways the wolves were still paying the price for that, you know, that trade, you know, years afterward, whereas now the Sixers can legitimately say you have Harden, you have Embiid, they can say we can go for, um, you know, we can contend for a title. So what really well done on Maury's part. Um, I thought, you know, the Kings getting the bonus uh, was a very interesting move. They gave up Halliburton. They gave up um, a really a King's ransom to get him. I don't know that how much that is going to help them, um, but they had to do something because they were they were kind of stuck in the middle. And the, 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 the last team I really want to watch, which is really uh, you know appropriate to the Timberwolves, is Dallas. You know, they are in the five seed. Uh, they trade Porzingis to Washington for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Davis Bertans. And it'll be interesting to see how Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic fit. Like Dinwiddie and Beal did not fit well in Washington. So there's a chance that the the Mavericks could really take a step back if if they don't have Perzingis' defense and and sort of rim protection, even though Perzingis was injured a lot. um, I still think he was an asset there. So if the Wolves are looking for some kind of a sliver of hope to crawl into the top five or six uh, and, and avoid the play-in tournament. Maybe Dallas is the team that slips if the Dinwiddie experiment does not go well. And so um, that's the team that I'm going to be watching closely out of this uh, this deadline to see how they kind of come together and see if uh, see if they they stumble a little bit. And by the way, Doncic has been crazy. Oh, though. insane. Just insane. Yeah, he's in, he's incredibly talented. Um, he does everything for them from an offensive standpoint. He is certainly now in shape. I think he came in to training camp and to the season a little bit out of shape and took some time to get get him going. Now he's rolling. And, you know, you wonder, I kept I've, I have kept looking at the Mavericks all season long. I'm like, gosh, how are they six, seven games above 500? Like, what what is this team doing? And so, uh, but you know, really, Luca is is kind of taking over there. I like Jalen Brunson. I like some of their other players, but it's Luca running the show. And one interesting thing to bring us back to Anthony Edwards, Jim, um, 
he's at, I think, 2,500 career points uh, after the 37 on Sunday. And the I think the the one of the youngest players to ever hit that plateau, Luca, Devin Booker, and LeBron are the other three. So mm. not not bad company for for Ant to be in there. Wow, that, that's amazing stuff. Um, okay, I want to get to whether the Wolves should have done something mm-hmm. at the trade deadline. First, though, I want to uh, thank All Energy Solar. As a home improvement project, solar energy can start paying for itself the moment the system is powered up. It can pay back 100% of the installation cost within eight years, plus a system from All Energy Solar can even pay back over 300% of its cost over its lifetime. Learn how you can make the switch at allenergysolar.com. Uh, thanks also to Tuttles for hosting the live shows. We will get you information on our next live shows. I hope to do a couple in March. Uh, and now the highlight of the show, John Krasinski for Manscaped. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for this special occasion. Uh, The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it's waterproof too? I'd like to propose making February 13th the national holiday known as National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? I think this one is one holiday that men and women can get behind. To complete the perfect package for your package are liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Start your day off with the deodorant for your boys, then stay cool all day with toner to keep you feeling the best all day and night. Go to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. So should the Wolves have done something in the trade deadline? You know, I, I I think they wanted to, and there was absolutely good reason to. They need, more than anything, they need a rugged, defensive, rebounding big man behind Carl Anthony Towns. Nas Reed has been good in stretches offensively. He blocks a lot of shots on defense, but they just get devoured on the defensive glass, uh, especially when he's in the game, but, you know, even – even in other stretches as well. So um, they wanted to go get that. The problem was that there just wasn't really a, a, a good solution out there for them. I reported at The Athletic last week that they came close to getting a deal done for Montrez Harrell with Washington. Um, Harrell is a super active big guy, a lot of energy, some good athleticism, uh, but he's still just 6'8". Like he's not a 6'10", 6'11 guy um, who could really step in and and, and solve all of their problems. He was not the perfect solution. He probably would have been an upgrade over Nas Reed, but ultimately uh, the, the discussions that the Wolves had with the Wizards, they thought they were close. Then the Wizards kind of looked at the situation and were concerned about the luxury tax implications of a potential deal with the Wolves. And so then they moved on to the Hornets to get um, to get a deal done with them. So that was kind of the rug pulled out from under the Wolves. Otherwise, you look at kind of some of the other deals, 
And it's hard to really find a match. You know, it would have been great to get Sabonis, but the Kings gave up Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald as part of their package, and the Wolves didn't have anything that would have come close to matching that. Um, you know, maybe you could make an argument, I think, that the uh, the Celtics traded Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford to the Spurs for Derek White. Um, and and uh, they got a, I think they got a first-round pick from the Spurs as well. So the Spurs paid a lot to get Richardson. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I always thought that, you know, if the Wolves could have swung Beasley and something for Richardson, like that would have been an upgrade from a defensive standpoint, uh, not from a shooting standpoint, but, um, but there were concerns, you know, the Wolves weren't totally sold on Richardson. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but you look at, you just look at all of the deals that were made and there's not really many if any at all that you point to and say, man, the Wolves definitely should have done that or should have been in on that thing. And so um, instead they stuck with a team that is very connected, very tight, uh, has a great chemistry. They didn't, they didn't mess with that and they're going to see it grow and they're going to have all their assets this summer to use in, in, in trades, whether it's their draft picks, some of their other players and expiring contracts and things like that. So um, Sachin Gupta, you know, should have been motivated to make a trade and he was, but he didn't do one just for making, just for the sake of making a deal. And we'll see if it pans out in the long haul, but I'm not, I'm not overly mad at it. I just didn't see many options out there for them. Is there a, an internal solution that can make this team better defensively and on the defensive boards? It's hard to say, Jim. Um, you know, they, so much of it is just their lack of size in general. I mean, Towns is a big, but even Vanderbilt at power forward is six seven. Um, you know, Nas Reed is six eight, six nine. Um, you know, Nathan Knight is in the same area. They don't, they just do not have many long-armed, you know, kind of go up and get it type of players. Uh, I think Jaden McDaniels eventually can get there. He's just not big enough yet physically to kind of go into the trees down there with them and and do that. And so I think they really just have to try to get back to rediscovering that scrambling mentality, the the junkyard dog style of of just you know working their asses off and 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 doing it that way. Uh, they were getting hammered on the boards early in the season, and they were able to mitigate that somewhat just by their overall energy and activity. That energy and activity has waned while the team has kind of hit a wall physically before the all-star break. So if they can kind of recharge their batteries and come out firing that way after the, after the all-star break, that's probably their best chance, but I don't see any real magic bullet schematic changes or playing a player who isn't playing right now, more minutes or things like that, just because of their physical limitations that they have there. I know there is a segment of the fan base or any professional sports fan base that hates to hear about athletes being tired. Uh, you know, the first thing you mm-hmm. hear is, oh, they live the first class lifestyle. They get to fly private. They stay in nice hotels. But it sounds like a tired team. And the reality is no matter how well you treat a human being or how much you pay them, uh, there are limits to human endurance. And I just think if you're going to have these guys play three times a week over six months, you're going to deal with fatigue. Yeah, and and I think that's where they are right now. Um, I you know, there's probably a few things that the individual players can do to kind of take care of themselves a little bit better, so that they can, uh, you know, handle it a little bit more. Um, but 
you know, in general, the, these are the dog days of the season. Um, everyone is really tired. Now, what I did like, though, Jim, is I like the way that Chris Finch has approached it in terms of really over the last day or two, he's kind of just said, look, I'm ti- I'm done talking about how tired we are. Like, the, he's like, when I'm tired, the, the thing that uh, makes me more tired is when I talk about how tired I am. And so, <laughs> you know, he just said, look, everybody is going through this. And the bottom line is, is we have to find a way. Like, you know, other teams are finding ways to win games and to summon the energy, and we have to too. And so this is a case where I think Finch has, you know, earned the credibility to sort of kind of call them out a, a, a little bit. And he, you know, I don't blame Anthony Edwards for being tired. I don't blame Cat for being tired um, for, you know, everything that they've, you know, kind of been through in their first 50 games of this season. But the, the bottom line is, is that they don't have time to be tired right now. They are in a battle for seven, six, seven, eight in the, in the West. And every single win is going to be huge for them in the standings. And so, they're just going to have to kind of, you know, band together collectively, dig deep and and find a way through it. And um, and so that part has been refreshing of just the way that Finch has 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 kind of gone about it, because he has absolutely does kind of yield to the players a lot in, in some things. Um, and he makes it their team and he empowers them. But there are some times where he's just like, come on, guys, like we got to be better or we got to do something different. And he's not afraid to let them know about it. And they respond well, usually. So we'll see if they can kind of get that going here for the final two games uh, before the all-star break. And we'll see how they respond to sort of the Finch's challenge here. Chris Hine from my paper just posted a, an Anthony Edwards quote, Anthony Edwards on the Timberwolves increased switching on defense. I love that because now they can't abuse our low man and our rotations and pick on them. I think Finchie is super smart, man. Best coach in the NBA. All credit to him. He knows exactly what he's doing. It is not insignificant when NBA stars praise their head coach. Absolutely. And, I mean, it has been the same from D'Angelo Russell, the same from Carl Anthony Towns. It has even been the same, Jim, from players who have not been in the rotation. You know, guys like Jalen Noel, guys like uh, Torian Prince, uh, who were maybe out of the rotation earlier than they came back in. Um, you know, what they have always said is, you know, that I talked to Finch. He told me what to do. I did it and it's working out. And so it's a lot of times you can see players get disgruntled with you know the way things are going and, and blame everyone else. But the way that Finch has handled things he really does put the onus on them, but he also lets them know that he believes in them and that he will listen to what they have to say and try and help them play better, you know, in so many ways. So they, they abso- he absolutely has command of that locker room, which is a significant thing for a head coach in the NBA in these locker rooms that can be very hard to get command of uh, in the wrong situation. So that has been big. The interesting thing about just specifically the switching thing, Jim, is that uh, we were talking to Patrick Beverly in Chicago after the loss there. And one of the things that he said is that you know, basically the players asked for more switching to be included in their defensive approaches. And Finch granted that. And really, there is a thought that uh, among some of the players and coaches that all of that switching has actually led to some bad habits. 
And that's one of the reasons that the defense has slipped so badly. And so Beverly said after the game, like, I don't think we'll be doing a switching as much uh, going forward. Now they did against Indiana. Um, so we'll just have to see if Finch adjusts that and kind of takes away, you know, some of the cookie that he was giving to the players who wanted it, who had earned it with the way that they had played earlier in the season on defense. But they might be getting some of those privileges taken away here pretty soon if they don't uh, make some improvements here. Stuff's fascinating to watch. Uh, these <laughs> the coach has to please the players and yet command the players. It's a yep. delicate balance. I had uh, Chris Finch on my podcast, blocked the mute a few weeks ago, and talked to him about that. He was great, uh, kind of breaking down how you play that game. All right, for today, want to let you know that uh, John does two shows on the network. This, of course, is the John Krasinski show. Uh, we had our marketing uh, group get together and uh, they worked on that name for months and we did settle on the John Krasinski show. John also contributes to the Viking update show where we offer a writer's view of the Vikings. And on that show this week, we talked about the halftime show at the Super Bowl, and that discussion might be of interest to some Timberwolves fans. We kind of broke down uh, that genre, the show itself, where the Super, you know, why the Super Bowl hasn't had more shows like that, and we made fun of some people. Uh, so check that out as well. Uh, in general, thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Let's get a final thought from John, and once again, thanks to to Headflyer Brewing, TSR Injury Law, Memorial Blood Center, Manscaped, All Energy Solar and Tuttle's Eat, Bowl, Play, and Hopkins. All right, final thought, John. Final thought. Uh, it's This is a two big, big home games um, for the Wolves right before the break. Charlotte on Tuesday, Toronto on Wednesday. Good, good teams from the East that will test them. And if, they're, you know, if they have figured a few things out and they can win both of these games going into the All-Star break, it'll be huge. I cannot wait for LaMelo Ball versus Anthony Edwards on Tuesday night. I think it's going to be incredibly entertaining. Um, I know that D'Lo wants every fan to stand in the arena for the for, until they make the first basket. I think, honestly, Jim, that kind of the little kerfuffle with D'Lo calling, calling the fans, you know, quiet-ass fans and things has actually been spun pretty nicely by the fans and the Wolves in general. They seem to be responding positively to being challenged rather than like saying, man, who is this guy? Screw him. Um, so I think like the environment should be pretty fun uh, in, in the arena Tuesday and Wednesday. They have taken away the the vaccine mandates. Um, so there's fewer excuses for fans not to come. Uh, but I'll be I want to see just kind of if the if the atmosphere is a little rowdier uh, it, it, coming up on on Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, off of the deal comments, off of some ticket specials and things like that. But uh, this is the uh, a big final push before the All-Star break to get going here, and it should be fun. It should be fun. Hey, thanks for listening to this show. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. We'll be back next week to tell you how all this turned out. Mm-hmm.